When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And uh, we were going, doing a meditational journal. Ken Barlow, <laughs> Ken Barlow, with the om, 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 Ken. <laughs> when we signed with United Artists, each one of us in the band, there was six in the band, and each one of us got 1% each out of 100. So, I mean, you think, God, in those 1970 folks, that's what we actually signed up for. Hello and welcome to episode 47 of Vintage Rock Pod, the ultimate classic rock podcast that proudly claims that my music is better than yours. I'm Paul Stevenson, thanks as always for hitting play. On this week's show, I've got Hawkwind's ever-present Dave Brock, a man who's been with the group for more than 50 years now, a groundbreaking group who are considered the originators of space rock. Their music straddles hard rock, proto-punk, psychedelia, prog, and eerie, ambient, in-your-face, three-chord, bombastic magnificence. Best known to the wider world for their classic 1972 hit Silver Machine, and for being the band Lemmy Kilmister was uh, kicked out of for drugs possession. Lemmy would take the name, of course, of the last song he wrote for the band and use that as his new band's name, a certain Motorhead. Now, Hawkwind also include, amongst their alumni, legendary drummer Ginger Baker, who recorded three studio albums with them in the 80s. Now, their discography is stacked. It has 15 albums that has reached inside the UK Top 40 over an incredible career that's influenced such a wide-ranging set of bands, from Monster Magnet to The Sex Pistols, who covered Silver Machine, to Henry Rollins and Osric Tentacles and many others. Now, Dave Brock is still going strong, despite being 80 years old. Yes, 80. He's still full of life. The band are still touring and playing live and have just released their 34th studio album called Somnia. It's on the Cherry Red Records label. The album displays their style to a T with some big, loud, fast songs and some trippy, ambient, psychedelic ones too. But rather than me talk about it, let's hear all about the new album and a couple of stories from the days of yore as well in this interview I did with the man himself, Dave Brock from Hawkwind. I'm delighted to be joined by a founding member, the vocalist, guitarist, bass player, synths and everything else as well. He's been with the band for 50 plus years. He's seen it all. I'm talking about the wonderful Dave Brock from Hawkwind. Welcome to the show, Dave. Oh, thank you very much. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello, indeed. Are you keeping well? Um, yeah, yeah, we're OK, actually. Um, we're uh, living in our little bubble and being very cautionary. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Other than that, we don't see very many people. Only the band, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> There's something to be said for that, indeed. And let's just talk about Hawkwind. I mean, still so prolific, even at this stage of your career. You've just released Hawkwind's 34th studio album, Somnia. Now, before we talk about that, though, a quick word on uh, some of your recent shows. Now, the band, you're still out touring, played some uh, your, your famous Hawkfest festival as well, didn't you, at the end of August, and other dates across the UK, including a couple of weeks ago, Fill in the London palladium now how was it being back in front of fans and and the palladium gig in particular well it was okay actually uh i mean it uh it was really good we had a really good light show and um 
uh, all of us have been practicing. I mean, we'd done a couple of festivals prior to uh, doing the Palladium, so we were on the case, you know. We were been practicing like good boys should. So <laughs> it, it was good fun, and audience had a really good time. So overall, um, very successful. And is it nice being back out on stage again after everything that happened in the last what year or so? Yeah, I mean, I suppose really, uh, you know, because. <laughs> We've been together for quite a few years. I mean, Richard, our drummer, has been in the band for 36 years. So, yeah, I mean, we, it's it's quite strange not actually touring. I mean, it's the first time for, oh, crikey, I mean, we were constantly either touring or doing something. And I, I did spend a lot of time at home, of course, you know, because of COVID. So um, I did get around to painting the house, which was quite <laughs> a successful thing to do. So. <laughs> And by painting a house, you mean the walls, yeah? You're not just sat there with a nice canvas art print, no? No, no, the walls, yes. The ins- I haven't done the outside, actually. I only did the inside. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. Certainly enough for me. Um, from painting to, to Somnia then, from space rock to, to lap of, lack of sleep rock, I guess. I mean, let's talk about this new album. Where did the idea for the album come from? Is it something that you'd had in your mind for a while? Um, well, actually, it was Magnus, uh, our uh, other guitarist. He... he- come up with this number called uh, Somnia, which is all about dreams. And um, we thought, well, that'd be a good a good idea to do an album, actually, all about, you know, nightmares, so many different things, dreams, fantasies, the whole sort of uh, things that go with it, all the Greek mythology and Roman mythology, all, all of that. And, um, yeah, we just sat down and um, got some ideas and off we went and spent probably about a year doing it, I suppose. And is that something you worked in as a concept album sort of thing? Because it is all about sleep and, and lack of sleep. And, and as you said, the, the mythology behind it. Is it something you decided was going to run all the way through? Yeah, yeah, we did. We thought, uh, I mean, it's quite often it's quite difficult to come up with ideas for different albums. <laughs> a theme. We're always looking for themes, you know. <laughs> Especially at number and, 34. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we thought, right, this is going to be, because dreams, I mean, you could go on forever. There's so many different variations from sleep uh, all the different sort of symptoms falling in love you know and able to go to sleep because you're sick with love <laughs> and all of these different things that affect us all you know absolutely um just quick chat about one of my favorite tracks on the album strange encounters i just love the fact that it's got big booming bass and big riffs and everything like that and shows that you guys can still still rock as hard as anybody else out there yeah yeah we can we can still do it i mean basically we're still doing the same things that we've been doing for years you know elect- weird <laughs> electronics with uh heavy riffs and occasionally going into nice acoustic little noodlings absolutely um now the album itself it's it's almost an album in two halves the way it kind of evolves and flows from the rocking kind of bombastic feel of the start until it gets to maybe meditation where it becomes kind of synth and ambient and trippy and was that a conscious decision as well yeah, yeah, we thought was uh, obviously uh, meditating is very good for the mind and also in dream sort of state, you know, uh, we thought, right, okay, a nice dreaming sort of floating thing that people can drift into sleep. So we thought, yes, that's a quite a nice little piece. So we got that together. <laughs> so, yeah, it was quite fun doing it, actually. I, I, I mean, that album 
because I mean, having to learn how to operate uh, a Mac computer and so on it does take a long time. It's taken both Richard and me quite a few years to get our heads around the computer technology, as it were. <laughs> and uh, learning how, you know, I mean, the good thing is both, you know, both Magnus and me can play bass, guitar and keyboards, which is, you know, quite handy. So that between the pair of us, we can actually play all these different instruments and come up with great sort of orchestral pieces and uh, and sort of nice acoustic and then heavy rock riffs. So it was a fun thing to do, really. And was this album put together in a studio or is it a home studio? Is it files flying here and there on the internet, that kind of thing? Yeah, well, it was done in our studio here. I mean, you, I mean, we've recorded loads of albums here. It's, uh, it's, it used to be an old milking shed, actually, and uh, we converted <laughs> it into a studio years and years ago. Uh, and uh, it's uh, yeah, we had to do it, send stuff down the line to each other at, at, at various times in the course of the year to uh, uh, each of us to have a go at doing bits and pieces and send it back. I mean, we get terrible reception on the internet here, it takes hours to download sometimes, <laughs> but uh, we managed to do it. Uh, Richard had his electronic drum kit at home and he'd play his drums and then eventually, you know, come down here and then play his proper drums. <laughs> it was a challenge, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's been a challenge lately, hasn't it? Um, in terms of the record itself, Insomnia, it's been it's been met nicely by uh, by the critics. I've read a lot of reviews and are all really positive. And it's, it must feel nice that at this stage of your career, thirty four studio albums in, you're still getting that sort of response. Yeah, it was nice actually. I I, I mean, we've done another album since then, believe it or not. We've actually <laughs> we're very fluent, fluent you know. <laughs> Or fluid, I should say. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you know, of course, we did uh, our own festival. So we recorded that in August. And, and also we did uh, a London gig. So we got some live recordings to mix, which we're probably going to do a live album in March. Uh, we, we're going to mix all that and get that together. That's the thing we're working on at the moment. Uh, and then, of course, you know, we've got, uh, you know, we've got uh, Doug, uh, playing bass comes from Scotland originally as well, believe it or not, Doug McKinnon and um, Tim Lewis on keyboards and synthesizers. So we're actually going to start recording uh, in the next few months uh, a studio album. So it's going to keep us busy uh, for for the winter. <laughs> Gives you something to do. Oh, uh, yes. So in terms of this this new studio album then, I mean, have you got a concept or anything else like that in mind for this one yet? No, not yet. Uh, I'm sure we will eventually. Uh, we, it's, uh, it's in its early stages, but I'm sure we'll come up with something or other. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what it's going to turn out like? I mean, it's, yeah, there's some interesting bits and pieces we've got together so far, but uh, it's early days yet. Absolutely. Now, Somnia, this is the one we're talking about now. It's the brilliant new album from Hawkwind. It's available on CD and vinyl as well from Cherry Red Records. It's a great record label with a great history. I mean, you've been working with Cherry Red for quite a while now, haven't you? I mean, what's it like working with them? Well, wonderful actually they're a very good label it's uh yeah 2007 yeah it's quite a long time we've been with cherry Bridge. in fact it's the longest company we've uh, ever been with really <laughs> so yeah they're a good label and um we got on well wonderfully well with everybody there so yeah Makes a change, doesn't it? To hear a story like that with your record label. <laughs> yeah. Long may it continue, absolutely. Yeah, 
was saying years ago in the past when when we signed with united artists each one of us in the band there was six in the band and each one of us got one percent each out of a hundred so i mean you think god in those 1970 folks that's what we actually signed up for times have changed (laughs) yes yes i've heard a lot of um, rock stars tell me that same sort of story as well the money was made on the touring circuit um and speaking of touring circuits i mean you're famous for your fan base being so diverse from obviously the prog and the rockers and the metalheads and the punks and that kind of thing it's it's unique to reach so many different audiences and keep them all pleased as well isn't it well hopefully yeah i mean uh you know, so we just carry on doing what we do, I suppose. That, that's it, really. And people like it and they, they, they keep coming back, definitely. Well, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> In terms of the music that um, Hawkwind are famous for then, the space rock, it was it was something very, very different at that time. I mean, your background was more bluesy, though, wasn't it? So how did how did that co- come into being space rock? Well, I mean, well, if you go back to the sort of late 60s, I mean, I had my electric guitar and echo unit, and I used to work in a cartoon studios and we used to do tape loops, you know, on quarter inch tapes. And uh, we used to run huge, great long tape loops for some of the backing tracks for some of the cartoons. And, you know, doing something like that, um, you know, like say Sonny Terry and Brownie McGee, which are two blues musicians, I'd record Sonny Terry's harmonica and then have it reverse it. So you get a big long loop and then play guitar along with it and, a uh, bit of electronics and uh, then carried on. Then I decided to get a band together. So, <laughs> and uh, it just um, went on from there. We got Dick Mick, who who played Audio Generator, and Del Detmar, who had VSC3 synthesizer. And uh, there we are. That was it. Um, heavy riffs with the electronics. And lo and behold, space rock music was born, folks. <laughs> <laughs> And another iconic part of the band was the the light show. And where did that kind of thing come from? The idea of having the, these spectacular kind of lights shows at your gigs? Well, I mean, years and years ago, uh, we just used to have a strobe, you know, one big giant strobe light that used to flash. And, um, and then we got involved in doing oil slides uh, and and then progressed. We had uh, Liquid Lane, which was Jonathan Smeaton doing our light show and he sort of doing back uh, projections and so on. And, um, you know, we've gone on from there. So we ended up now with a show with lasers and back projections and all sorts of things going on. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you can go on the latest one. I think the Palladium, when we did the Palladium, I think most of it's on uh, YouTube. Uh, I mean, it is quite a spectacular light show that we've got going there. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, you don't always see it. We only see what goes on from where we are. But when actually watching it on YouTube, I thought, wow, that's really quite spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of spectacular, I mean, the Hawkwind were famed for, for the concerts they did at Stonehenge. It's almost like you became synonymous with the, the mythology of playing there for a while. What was it like playing those gigs? Um, well, it was... Uh... <laughs> Difficult sometimes because of the weather, you know. It wasn't always sunny. It was uh, quite damp and playing late late at night. And, um, and of course, you know, we, we'd hire a generator and the generator would conk out for lack of diesel. And, yeah, it, it was quite challenging, I would say. <laughs> um, was there not a famous story about Ken Barlow being there once? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, he was one of the druids because, I mean, we were playing at, uh, I think, about five in the morning actually and we could see the druids actually because we were playing in, in next to where Stonehenge um, is there's a huge great 
really big field and everybody was parked up there as a stage and we could actually see from the stage the druids coming into uh, the stones with their possession uh, you know procession <laughs> And uh, we were going, doing a meditational journal, Ken Barlow, Ken Barlow, with the om, 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 Ken. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. I'm sure they could hear it as they were. <laughs> In fact, I do believe, yeah, is that it's uh, actually, there is a video out with all that on it, I think. Yeah. Really? <laughs> 1984. Wow, incredible. We're all going to be looking for that now. I'll tell you what, that's that's, that's one thing we're all going to be stick, sticking YouTube on for to find that Ken Barlow. Yeah, track. Cherry Red have actually, uh, I think, bought the rights to it now. So I do believe they're actually going to, uh, I think Sky Arts have actually got a deal with Cherry Red and they're going to put it on Sky Arts eventually. So it's the whole of uh, the night, what happened in 1984, which was uh, the big year at Stonehenge. 1984 there you go what about that <laughs> <laughs> a while ago now um now you've been ever present with hawkwind famously for, for over 50 years there's been a lot of different guys in and out of the band haven't there famously likes of lemmy and, and ginger baker so what is it that's kept you going for so long with hawkwind while others have come and gone well i don't well i enjoyed doing it really uh I mean, it has its ups and downs, but uh generally i mean it's good fun i mean if you you know like playing music is uh it's it's good fun I, I wouldn't do it if it was tedious and i hated it i'd give up really but i mean you know we've got a good band at the moment as well actually i really it's good fun playing together because i mean we play some, you know some of the old numbers but in the middle we can really go off at tangents uh and i mean it's really good having a good tim lewis really good keyboard player actually uh and it's uh quite good fun uh when you could sort of you know you've got a good band we can rely on each other and uh it makes it all worthwhile fantastic and just um touching on on the big hit we like to hear about the, the stories behind the big hits and things like that here on the vintage rock pod we have to mention silver machine now it was a huge hit for the group it was um yourself and bob that wrote it let me obviously sang it what's your feelings about that song now looking back on it so many years later well uh... I mean, jolly good show, I say. I mean, <laughs> kept us going for quite a few years. Uh, I mean, uh, we still do it. I mean, Richard sings it now uh, when we do it. I mean, he's always, one of his ambitions, actually, apart from playing the drums, was to sing Silver Machine. So <laughs> eventually he sung it. And he's now, every time we play it, he has to sing it. It's his song now, you see. Brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, and the funny thing was, we would have had a number one if it wasn't for Alice Cooper with schools <laughs> out. I mean, yeah. pesky Alice Cooper. Yes. <laughs> and now, just to finish off, Dave, I mean, you're 80 now. I mean, from what you're saying, there's no signs of slowing down. And what's 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 the plans for you looking forward? Is it just just to keep going and, and what you're enjoying everything? Just just keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, we've got some festivals next year in uh, France and. Um, well, I mean, it's quite difficult to actually, because of COVID, you, you, you're not too sure exactly what's going on. I, I was just talking to a friend of ours in uh, Athens, actually. And, um, I mean, we like to go back to play Athens and Thessaloniki again, because it was always good fun to go over there. So we, we, we'll actually probably do a few festivals and uh, go off to Europe and obviously do some, uh, maybe a seaside tour, actually. That's perhaps what we're doing, maybe April. 
uh, a seaside tour over here. That'll be good fun with a spring. Oh, spring will be here. Everybody be happy. <laughs> we look forward to Cleethorpes and Clacton being on your list. That's, that sounds fantastic. Well, in our Wellington boots. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Dave, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. I uh, wish you the best of luck with this album. And I look forward to hearing all the new stuff that's coming our way. I mean, the, the live shows sounded fantastic. So we look forward to hearing them and, and the new album that you're going to go into the studio to record in the coming months to keep you busy. I mean, it's a lot going on and we hope you hope you all do well and it's all successful for you okay well thank you very much for actually having us on your program there you go dave brock there such a nice guy still full of energy as well when we chatted he said he was just about to go outside with a chainsaw and chop up some wood for his fire i really hope that i'm full of life like that when i well if i make it to 80 years old that's all i can say (laughs) right now it's time where i do the top five songs from this week's guest yes remember this is my personal choice i don't claim it to be the definitive list it is very subjective and hopefully can open the doors for anyone who may not be overly familiar with the person or the band in question so here we go my favorite five songs from hawkwind according to vintage rock pod Number five is a track which first saw light of day on the brilliant live album Space Ritual from 1973. It's heavy and up-tempo and it sounds great. And number five is Born to Go. At four is from Hall of the Mountain Grill in 1974 and shows how much things haven't changed really. The opening lyrics are sick of politicians, harassment and laws. Mm-hmm, sounds familiar. It's another hard song with a strong driving beat to it. At number four is Psychedelic Warlords. At number three is their big hit single from 1972 with vocals by Lemmy. It's a harder version of a traditional boogie in effect with Lemmy's snarling vocal and the whirling space layers all over it. At three is Silver Machine. At two is a track from the late 80s, 1988, The Xenon Codex. I love this song because it has a real driving beat to it from Danny Thompson Jr. on the drums that propels it along with a grooving bass and keyboard rhythm as well. And number two is Sword of the East. And at number one for me is a calmer number of theirs, their first single they released back in 1970. It's groovy with acoustic guitar and harmonica and Dave Brock on vocal duties. My favourite song of theirs, the number one Hawkwind song according to Vintage Rock Pod is Hurry On Sundown. So 
So there you go, my favourite five songs from Hawkwind. There's plenty of others I could have included, like Magnew or Brainstorm, Assault and Battery or Urban Gorilla, which was another top 40 hit here in the UK. As ever, though, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this list. Where do you agree? Where do you disagree? Drop me an email, vintagerockpod at gmail.com. If you're listening on Spotify right now, and I know a lot of you are and do, or if you have a Spotify account, then search for Vintage Rock Pod Top 5s, where you'll find a playlist put together by a regular listener to the show. Uh, nay, no, super fan, I'm going to call him. Paul Graham. Every song I've ever included in the Top 5 lists from nearly 50 episodes now, he's compiled them all into one playlist, so you can search for that on Spotify, and you can give it a follow too. That is Vintage Rock Pod Top 5s. And also, please, if you haven't already done so, please... Please subscribe to Vintage Rock Pod, the channel on YouTube. I'm trying to push it to a thousand subscribers so that it activates the monetization policy that YouTube has. Until then, any ads that play on my videos, YouTube keep the money from. So it would be nice if I got some of that. So yeah, just go to YouTube, search for Vintage Rock Pod and subscribe to the channel. You can click on the videos and click the big red button that says subscribe on there. It's totally free and is really easy to do, as is checking us out on social media as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that sort of stuff it keeps you bang up to date with all the stuff that's going on in vintage rock pod world well that's it for this week's show then if this is your first listen then make sure to follow or subscribe to the series on whatever podcast platform that you're using right now so that you don't miss any more episodes they're usually released every monday with a big name guest on each show so until the next one then remember if you come across anyone who isn't a fan of rock just tell them my music is better than yours take care It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.